Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mark Talk Radio. Mark Talk Radio. Merck. Odie. Charles. Kaiser, live broadcast on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Call in at 646-668-8795. And listen and subscribe via Eclectic Media Presents on iTunes and Google Play. Mark Talk Radio. Mark Talk Radio. Mark Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Let's go into a quick musical break, and then we're going to come back and hit you with the realness. Yeah. Another edition of Mock Talk Radio featuring Merck, Odie, Kaiser, Charles. <clears throat> Today's date, January 7th, 2017. Today's topics, fences coming out of the dark, side chicks, hidden figures, and of course, politics. All right, all right. What's up, what's up? What's going on? Good morning. Are you all right? Are you all right, Kaiser? How you feeling over there? I don't understand the question. What do you mean? How do you feel? Like, you feel like you're under the weather. You over there cleaning your throat. Are you okay? That's not me. That was Merck. Oh, that was that, Are you okay, Merck? That wasn't me, even though I was outside playing the lottery today like an idiot because I don't know why I didn't play yesterday, <laughs> but the streets are covered in ice. If you're in the Raleigh, uh, Durham, Cary area, don't go outside if you don't have to. Okay. I, I really should have had All my right, ice well. out there. Well, I guess I'm just hearing stuff. But anyway, Happy New Year, guys. Same to you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, same to you. Same to you. Happy New Year. Happy belated birthday to me. Ah, watch out now. <laughs> you ain't even respond. I did shout you out the other day, but it's cool. Oh, Happy I ain't birthday. I mean, I was not. I was. I was just in it. I was celebrating like it was 1999. I was dreaming when I wrote this. So excuse me if I go astray. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. That's Prince, boy. I miss Prince. <laughs> right. We we all do. We all do. Right. But we have little Yachty now, so now we don't need Prince anymore. Man, fuck little Yachty. I saw him on the Sprite commercial looking like a straight buffoon. I'm like, I don't know how LeBron could stand to be in the same room with that guy. But anyway, that's another matter for another time. <laughs> so. I hear mad, like, static on the air. I don't know if it's yeah, my mic. I, I, I don't know if it's your mic, Merck, with the driver issues. No, no, I'm not using I, that mic. I'm, I'm using a different mic. I'm going to disconnect and come back. Okay. No, well, it's not blue because he disconnected, and I still hear the... Uh, I still hear the static. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I I can't even hear it, so let me. It might be me. Let me. Let me disconnect. Okay. Don't worry, we're still here. <laughs> we're just having a slight technical difficulty.
All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry about all these technical difficulties. My mic would not reconnect. Odie's mic has static on it. And um, Merck's mic always works perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. Uh, See, what I did, I I was using my my mic, my computer mic to log in. When I disconnected it, thinking about it being me on the static, it wouldn't. It would reconnect to the audio, but wouldn't reconnect the mic for some reason. Oh. Uh, so I'm dialing it through my phone now. But anyways, politics, Merck. Yeah, I I, I gotta tell you right now, uh, there's gonna be a lot of cursing in this because uh, it's a really Shit. that's why subject. I labeled the show PG-13 because uh, I don't take my meds on the weekends. I'm gonna go all in whenever I feel like it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I know we got a lot of positive things to talk about later on. So I guess we can we get do. the negative out of the way. I'm talking about afterwards today. I'm not talking about uh, in general, but let's talk oh. about uh, let's talk about the kidnapping in Chicago and why I'm not terribly concerned about it. Uh, I run it. Now, don't get me wrong. What happened to that young man was horrible. Okay, four black youths. Three of them were 18. One was 24. Kidnapped and tortured a white special needs teen. The color of the victim's skin becomes important because the assailants were on video yelling "fuck Donald Trump," "fuck white people" at the victim. Uh, they tortured the victim for hours and then uploaded the video online. Not the smartest thing to do. Uh, the four assailants were arrested and charged with a hate crime. They were charged with a hate crime. Felony aggravated kidnapping, aggravated unlawful restraint, and aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Now, the teen is going to recover from his injuries, thankfully. Uh, The victim was punched, kicked repeatedly uh, after being tied up and gagged, and a patch of his scalp was removed with a knife. Now, before I go on, uh, I just want to give a big fuck you to the Nazis for pushing the narrative that Black Lives Matter was involved in the kidnapping. They were pushing a hashtag. Uh, hashtag BLM kidnapping on Twitter, which got a lot of uh, a lot of retweets. Uh, so I just want to say fuck you to the Nazis for that. Some people call them alt right. I call them Nazis. You got to call a spade a spade. Um, and I want to give a fuck you to CNN and other news organizations that gave uh, legitimacy to those lies. Now I'll tell you, I was on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, and I argue with people a lot on Facebook, and most of my friends and I are on the same wavelength. You know, hmm. come the come the election, it didn't really happen that way because you know, I had the Hillary folks, you had the, the non-voters like me, had a couple of Trump voters, although they weren't horribly vocal about it. So, but usually I'm on the same wavelength with my friends on Facebook. But sometimes they have friends who are not on the same wavelength. So one of my friends uh, posted about the Black Lives Matter thing, about people tying Black Lives Matter to the Chicago kidnapping. And one of my friends uh, said that Black Lives Matter had nothing to do with it, and one of his friends disagreed. So this is my friend, uh, his post, word for word, to one of his friends who thinks that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. He said, on this, we completely disagree. And if you were an African-American growing up today, my guess is that you would be singing a much different tune. It's easy to judge from the outside. 
Here's what this guy wrote back. He said, and this is his post word for word, lack of gratitude, that's what it is. Some of these people mm. forgot what it was like for them to live before the civil rights movement. Isolated cases of racism do exist, just as isolated cases of anti-Semitism exist. But to still claim that there is such a thing as systemic racism against all blacks solely and strictly based on their race and not their behavior is total bullshit. Why then – this is the part that made me spit up my tea. Why then don't we see systemic anti-Semitism in the U.S. or systemic prejudice or racism toward Hispanics, Asians, and Indians? He says, heck, I even feel sorry for Muslims uh, due to the rise of Islamophobia. But for real, this is bullshit. He thinks that there is no racism against Mexicans. Oh, we're just building a wall because good fences make good neighbors, right? Get the fuck out of here with that horse shit. This is, and one of my hey, other friends went back. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. oh, yeah, go ahead. Does Canada have a wall? Do we have a- no. No, we have um, – It's like when I went up there one time, it was like this border thing that there's no way we could have yeah, – and, and, and there's one like that. They, they, need, a, they need a wall to keep us out. <laughs> there's one like that in Mexico, like when, where you cross the border, you have to show your passport and all that. But there is no wall along the border of Canada. And besides, a lot of, uh, if I'm right, I remember there was an article I read years ago about a bridge that trucks used to go back and forth across Canada that was owned by a private person who never upkept the bridge. So getting across to Canada is probably not the easiest thing to do on foot, anyway. But yeah, just like there's a checkpoint in Canada where you go through, show your passport, because it is a different country, there is one like that in Mexico, where you have to, you know, the border. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I've been down to yeah. Tijuana. I'm all about that. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But as far as I know, there is no wall across the, the northern border of the United States in Canada. There, there is no okay. wall. But um, one of my other friends wrote back, and he wrote, lack of gratitude he was like, everybody should be thankful they get to use the same water fountain as the rest of us or go to the same schools and not lashed and forced to work in the fields. And he was just like, you know what? I'm sorry I commented on this. Have a good night. Like he was just done. Like this dude was just so out there. And then the funny thing is I wrote back and I just basically told him, like, I don't know you, but I don't like you at all. Because <laughs> basically I was like, you legitimize racism and then try and turn the tables. But the thing is, how do you not know that there isn't his racism against blacks, Hispanics, Asians, Indians? How, what? Because if it's not in your face, if it's not your reality, it just ain't your reality. You know what I'm saying? I don't know nothing about going playing golf or none of that shit because that's not my reality. I don't know nothing about But that don't mean that people don't play golf. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> valid, 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 valid. But when something's not your reality, it's hard to accept that reality. Remember what they said. But I don't know if you know this in school, but I learned this many years ago. They said there's no such thing as ultimate reality. It's what you see, which is your reality. Yeah. And a lot of people have the ability to be uh, to have empathy, to just say mm-hmm. – if I was in their shoes, how would I react to this? How would I feel about this? But other people like this guy, they were just like, you know what? If it ain't me, don't care. You know. Put it like this. Sean King had an article about the kidnapping in Chicago. Because now Sean King, you know, he writes for the Daily News. He he caught a lot of flack. Like when I was trying to mm-hmm. I thought I had saved the article. And when I was trying to find I the article. I think you did. Then, I remember 
seeing it. I, I think I, I think I shared it, but I didn't save it. So when I was going back to write the show and I went to try and find the article, there were a lot of uh, other articles from all these Nazis, and they were saying, well, and this is how they talk in my mind. Duh, Sean King, how come you don't defend the white kid when he gets beat up by the black people? That's basically their response to him. And Sean King had an article about it. He's like, well, there's two reasons. Number one, I just got back in the country. He was on vacation with his wife and five kids overseas, and they had just got back in the country. And he had just heard about it. Second reason was, why? Why should I? Not because he doesn't care about what happens to this kid. He cared very much about what happened to this kid. You know, Sean King was a victim of violence himself. He was a beaten by a group of white youths, and he was out of school for 18 months. He had three back surgeries uh, and all types of stuff. So he knows about that type of violence firsthand. He doesn't condone it in any way. The thing was... I, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead, sorry, sorry. I'm just getting frustrated. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. He says, um, in, in his response, he says, and I agree with him 100%, this country does not need me to speak out on the crimes committed by black folk. Because nobody in this country is held more responsible for the crimes they commit and even the crimes they don't commit than black folk in America. He says, right now, yeah, black yeah. men in America are incarcerated at a rate higher than South Africans were at the height of apartheid. He said, I speak out against injustice. What happened to this man in Chicago was terrible. It was criminal. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Justice was swift. It was miraculously swift. These kids were in jail faster than you can say. Hey, did that video upload yet? They were already in jail. They were already charged. They're going to go to jail, and you know what? I'm not going to miss them because what they did was unnecessary. They took a yeah, disabled, they were disabled. Yeah, they took a disabled kid, tortured him, videotaped it. What am I going? What am I going to say about that? Well, what did the disabled kid say to to, to provoke that? Did it, does it matter? <laughs> Even if he did, let's just say he did. Let's just say he called them niggers. I'm just throwing this way out of left field. Nothing like that happened, as far as I know. But let's just say he called them niggers. Is that the is that the response you want to have to that? And he didn't. And as far as I know, he didn't say anything to them. I don't know how he was targeted. I don't know why he was targeted, or why they did it, except to just getting notoriety on the internet. But whatever right. reason that they had, there's no reason good enough for why they kidnapped a, a kid. Tied him up, tortured him, cut out a piece of the scalp. What reason would they have? But the thing is, they feel like the, the thing about black folks when it comes to this sort of thing, and the press is really big into this, is that when it comes to black folks, we are all one hive. We are all one entity. So when one person does something wrong, it reflects on all of us, and all of us have to justify our existence in this country and justify our position every single time a black person does something wrong. And I think that is total and utter bullshit. When you had Timothy McVeigh, when you had the Unabomber, when you had uh, Brock Turner, they could just take him and just blink. He's not part of us. You know, we're good people. He's just an outlier. He's just an anomaly. He's an aberration. He has nothing to do with the rest of us because we're good people. He's just one bad egg in a good batch of eggs. So we're just going to take him and put him off to the side and let him do what he does. We can't do that because put it like this. 
these four kids did what they did, and now all of a sudden Black Lives Matter is being demonized for it. Black Lives Matter never defended them. They didn't say a word about this, as far as I know, because it's already taken care of. So, and there's, I mean, what are we going to do? March for uh, kidnappers and torturers? Right. Are we going to riot for these, for these kids? No. Let them get what they deserve, right? One right, thing, so, though. You know, they were, oh, go, 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 go ahead, Blue. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm going to go off on a tangent. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. One last thing before I let you go off on your tangent. The thing about uh, the guy who I fought with on Facebook over this, right? Here's the thing that he doesn't get about the system and how it's disproportionately horrible to blacks. In Idaho, last year, there was a case where a former Idaho football player originally charged with sexually assaulting his mentally disabled teammate. He's going to avoid jail time and escape classification as a sex offender because he pled guilty to a lesser charge. So you have this town in Idaho, right? This family adopted uh, some black children. It turns out they're the only black people in the entire town where these adopted black children. One of them uh, – it keeps going back and forth from article to article. One says he's learning disabled. One says that he's uh, has a uh, – mental disabilities. I don't know which is which. But anyway, he was harassed constantly by this one kid uh, who was uh, John Howard from Texas. And I'll go over that another time about racist states like Texas. Because in, in one of the articles, they were just like, well, you know, he's from Texas, so of course he's a racist. <laughs> I know that's not true, but but that's the way the article painted it. But anyway... This kid was bullied constantly. Uh, they shouted racial slurs at him. They called him a watermelon eater, a chicken eater, called him nigger. They called him all types of stuff. So basically, the, uh, they lured him into a locker room, and they sodomized him with a wire hanger. And one of the kids took the wire hanger while it was in him and kicked it. Deeper into his rectum, he had to go to the hospital and get treated. Now, they charged this kid with uh, all types of stuff. He was going to face life in prison and a $50,000 fine and be labeled as a sex offender. He pled guilty to a lesser charge. Now he's going to get uh, three years of probation and $300 of community service, and he will not be labeled as a sex offender. Now, that was the same story I was going to talk about, but my thing was the stories are very similar in their approach to, you know, Hate crimes, not the mm-hmm. sexual part on the part of the black youth, but hate mm-hmm. crime, violence towards a mentally ill person, not mentally mm-hmm. ill, a mentally disabled person. Um, mm-hmm. Yet, no hate crime, not even put it on the table, not even considered for the white youth versus the four, the four black youth. Every single one of them got snapped with it. Yeah. And that's I mean, and, but, they, but, because, and let's, yeah. see, let's look at the difference now. Yeah, the white, the black kids did say stuff about fuck Trump. He is. He is the epitome of all white people, yes, and fuck white people. They actually verbalize fuck white people. Okay, but maybe they don't remember that they had the black disabled youth chanting a known Ku Klux Klan theme song mm-hmm. and um, talking about racial epitaphs that relate to African Americans in America, yet no hate crime for the white youth? Yeah, 
Not only no hate I know crime. A lot of things about, I know a lot of things about yeah. Chicago, but I know they don't love black people because there's no reason why I know a serial number that was logged in New York, a series of 100 guns with serial, New York, serial numbers logged in from New York ended up in Chicago youth hands. Yeah. How did they get it yeah. when they were police logs? You get what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and put it like this. And the presence. The presence is down. Like, I remember watching a special um, where they were interviewing the police force in Chicago to say, like, what's been up with the crime rate. And basically everything everything went up whenever the crime, I mean, whenever the police presence went down. They pulled the police. So they feel like, okay, we'll let them kill each other. That's yeah. what is happening. Like, they just don't care. Put it like Let this. Let them exterminate each other out. Yeah. When uh, talking about the gun situation, people like to compare Chicago to places like Austin, Texas. I think I've talked about this before, so I'll keep it brief. I do not the, know how. The, the, the problem <laughs> is in Illinois has strict gun laws, but the states that surround Illinois do not. So you can go and buy guns. You, know, you just skip across the state line and just buy guns. So you can't buy them in Illinois. In New York, it's crazy because as far as I know, don't quote me. I haven't lived in New York in years, but there's no gun shops in New York. So you can't, you know. So how are these guns hitting the the streets? And I mean, coming from New York, going to Chicago, I don't know. But you figure it's got to be some because it's not like you can go to Georgia and buy a bunch of guns and run them to New York. There are no gun shops in New York. So how are they getting these guns over from New York to Chicago? It's got to be. I mean, this is just my speculation. It's got to be an inside thing. Because like I said, in a lot of southern states, you could just go there and just buy guns. You don't have to register them in your name or anything. you know. But it's a, I, I do agree with you, Blue. I think there's a lot of outside influences that are, that are really hurting the people of Chicago. You know? And like you said, Odie, you know, less police presence, you know, it's not helping. You know, I always feel that black folks are over-policed, but there's a difference between being over-policed and – not being policed at all. No presence. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Nobody said but like nobody wonder, said like I... fuck the police to the extent of we don't want to see y'all asses at all. Like, no, my nigga, if if something's going down, I'm calling nine one one. Believe that. But right. all I'm saying is charge me when I'm fair. Ask me questions. You know what I'm saying? Just be fair. If you see a crime happening, then intercept. I've never lived in a city that tumultuous. I lived in some pretty rough areas in my life, you know what I'm saying? Even when I was in Compton, it wasn't half as bad as what Chicago is today. Right. I wonder if people have the mind state that you just be like, you know what, I ain't got no food in my stomach. I ain't there's roaches and rats in my apartment. My mama don't get too fucked about me, blah 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 shit. I wonder if it's embedded in them that they'll feel safer in prison than they do on these streets. Well, at least in prison they feed you. But not only get... that, I mean, at any given time, it, it seems it, it's what they call it. They call it Chirac for a reason. That You just don't know. I was supposed to do a training, a three-day seminar training in Chicago. Now, Chicago's a very big city. I was like, eh, knowing I wouldn't be nowhere near the south side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> There was still something, something in my stomach, something that was very scary about going to Chicago. Because you know, I would like to ride on the trains. I would like to visit some areas that might be a little sketchy. And 
But I know one I thing know. about Chicago. The, the people that I, the white people I know from Chicago never ever speak any negativity about Chicago. The people that I know from the black people I know from Chicago tell a very different tale. It's what we call the tale of two different tale of two cities. But it's really right. one city. But it's two different ends, and they don't understand each other's presence in the other part. You know what I'm saying? The the white mm-hmm. people is hunky dory on this side, on the on the west side, east side, west side, on the south side. They ain't so pretty. You know what I'm saying? And they right. see things very differently. The white people only know of that reality based on what they see on the TV. The black people don't even know of their reality because they they don't have a TV presence like that, and there's no news about it per se, except the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, check out what happened in Flint, Michigan. No news people are talking about Flint, Michigan anymore. But what's happening out there is still happening. So like, it's almost like Flint got their 15 minutes of fame. And then it's just like they're going to treat them like Cabbage Patch kids and uh, starving kids in Africa. It's like, all right, well, there's got to be something else in this news cycle. I, I wish we could go back to the days where you would cover a news story until it was over. So mm-hmm. when the people in Flint, Michigan get their water back or when the people in Chicago, when the crime rate starts to go down, then we can stop covering it. But they just get on to the next story. So they're like, oh, uh, Kim Kardashian's ass is a little bigger now. We'll just cover her now. You know? So mm-hmm. – or you know, Kanye is hanging out with Trump. We'll just cover that. You know? So it's – I wish they would wait until these problems were solved and then – Move on to the next story. There's no, uh, there's no dedication in journalism anymore, you know. Unless it's unless you're dedicated to bringing down Black Lives Matter, and then they'll run those news cycles all day. Like I was pissed at CNN that CNN legitimized that whole thing about uh, Black Lives Matter having, you know, and then they put up the hashtag BLM uh, kidnapping, and I'm just like, why would you do that? Why do you think Don Lemon was on TV fucked up on New Year's Eve? You know, drinking tequila all night because he because he woke up one morning and be like, oh my god, I work for CNN, I work for these scumbags, gurgle 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 gurgle, wasted. Like I'd be I'd be on heroin if I was on CNN. Oh my god. How else how else would and I? And on be that to... note, we're gonna transition to a poetic break. Can I know you? Yeah. Looking at you from across the room. I want to know you, not just the physical, sexual side, but the real you. I want to know what makes you laugh. I want to know what makes you smile. What makes you sad, and the things that made you cry. I want to explore everything that lies deep inside. I want to know your heart, what makes it beat. I want to know your fears, what makes you afraid. I want to know your insecurities, what makes you weak. I want to know your personality, that which makes you
a pimp trying to abuse you. I'm not a thief or a robber trying to steal anything from you. No womanizer that takes what is wanted then leaves you. Instead, I'm using these lyrics to reveal the other side of me, my sensitive side, my inner beauty, in hopes that you will show your sensitive side, your inner beauty. Realize that I don't want to know you because of your looks or material possessions, but I want to know you, the whole you, the real you. That's my confession. Yeah, but that was in a room that nobody else could hear. Hello, now it's open to the public. Share. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, as I was saying, you're the worst, yo. You're the worst. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I was just saying that yesterday, Ghana's president was born in um, in Independence Square, and it was kind of cool to see all my cousins posting the pictures, basically. Um, this guy, his name is Nana Akosu Ado, and he's basically um, the people's champ. And I like uh, I like Merck's comparison. I think he said he compared him to the to the Bernie Sanders of Ghana. So he's championing all this change, a lot of uh, corruption, plagues, Ghana. They do you know the kind of shit where all right, you know, if you're going back to, to your state, you're going back to your country. You know, you go, you get uh, asked by customers to pay another $500, shit like that. You know, they're trying to Mm. cut down on the levels of corruption that's also stopping progress. So when it comes time to build something, when it comes time to expand, there's a lot of corruption involved, of course, because people want to just put money in their pockets. So um, 
one of the things that that he did, there was like a food allowance during the transition between the old president and the new president, and um, he politely declined it. So, you know, everybody was like, oh, shit, like he's really making good on his promises, and his uh, thing is, is definitely to build Ghana up. So we'll see what, what the next year brings under his presidency. And, of course, my uncle is the Speaker of the House as of yesterday. So my uncle is literally in the House. Google Mike Okway. That's my uncle, the Speaker of Parliament. And for those that don't know, where is Ghana? Ghana is in West Africa. So it's a it's a, it's a really small country, but um, it's, it's pretty official. As far as uh, the African continent in general, um, probably one of the safer places to travel just because there has there's a very stable government there so it's not like you have to worry about oh shit is there going to be like a coup here you know there's been stuff where the president has died and there was a you know a very nice transition of power so you don't have to worry about stuff like that when you when you visit there that's what's up that's what's up you know, you know it, it's kind of funny when you when you talk about the coup it was the episode of the Simpsons where they went to Africa and by the end of the episode, their tour guide was the president of the country, talking about, <laughs> talking about how, how, how fast these coups happen. And next thing you know, it's just like, you know, anybody can be president. So it's good to know that there's – I mean, there's always a lot of myths about Africa. Like they still think the people are running around with bones in their noses. I think – I was it like one in every three people in Africa is middle class, I think. So um, – there's a lot of myths about Africa, and yeah, yeah, just like America, Africa has its rough parts, but Africa, they're doing all right, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not the Africa you see on TV. So, um, the president, uh, his thing is he's been a human rights attorney, so um, his campaign promises include stuff like, so yeah, I mean he's definitely considered a quote unquote socialist, um, free high school education, and more factories. So he's basically trying to build jobs and skilled people. When you say he's a socialist, I think one problem is that people confuse socialism with communism, even though they're two mm-hmm. different things. And I You're think socialism in, uh, in moderate amounts is actually really good. So if he's going toward a socialist, uh, a socialist agenda, uh, i like to see what he does. And I'm hoping that uh, America can pick up on some of that because – we're not really good at really supporting our own self-interest. So um, I got my fingers crossed for uh, Ghana, and let's hope that uh, their new president holds to with his promises, and let's see what happens. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Yeah, so I'll try to get there sometime this year and visit the fam. We'll see, even if it's the end of the year, but we'll see. How long of a flight is it to Africa, to, to Ghana? Direct from direct out of JFK, it's about about eight to ten hours. That's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, she man, that's <laughs> right. I'm I'm going to the I'm going to Dubai later this year. That bitch is a fourteen hour flight direct. So you know I'm trying to break that up. I I definitely want to stop over in Amsterdam or something. Yeah. <laughs> I need like oh. ten to twelve oh. hours there. Yeah, I, I I thought it was a longer flight, so that that's not so bad. Mm. Couple movies are good. So my 
contribution policy. All right, let's today. Hit up. Since we're not going to have Sophista Ratchet this time, we're going to actually have some legitimate movie reviews. With, <laughs> movie reviews with Odie. All right, so between the well, let's know. Oh, okay. I thought it was like music. That's your background music, bro. Stop playing it. Oh. New Year, new show. Okay. New Year, new show. All right. So, uh, as I was saying, movies, I think this year are going to be even better than last. There's always, there's always going to be some, you know, some shitty ones in the bunch. But um, I do want to start with Fences because that one did come out first. And we will definitely talk about Hidden Figures a little bit later. But uh, Fences is a movie starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Um, Denzel's hand was um, pretty present in the production of this movie as well. Um, and it was directed by him. Which always kind of baffles me how people do that, but I digress. So uh, I, I actually didn't read the play or see the play um, prior to going to the movie. So everything was a surprise for me. And... Um, I just want to say, overall, the movie itself was very well performed. Like, everyone was cast really well in this film. And I think the supporting cast is what made it for me. Um, So Denzel was great, but he wasn't the greatest in this. Not that he was terrible or anything. It's just that everybody else was just that good. And uh, basically, Fences, you know, Denzel's character is the main character, um, he has a wife. He was, you know, I don't think they ever said the location. So I guess the idea was it could possibly be any town in America. But it's definitely in maybe the late 1950s, early 60s. He lives with his wife and his teenage son. And it was very, the performances were very wordy. Um, there was, because it, it was done in the style of a play. So, I found there to be a lot of monologues, a lot of talking, um, where Denzel kind of just seems to be going off on a tangent, but he's not really going off on a tangent as much as he is setting up the reason his character thinks the way that he does, the way that he behaves, the way that he does. He's a blue-collar guy. He works for a trash company. Um, His shit is he gets paid on Friday. He has a drink with his his friend at the house um, and tells his wife that he's going to fuck her. Like, that's his thing. Like, every Friday without fail, he gives her his check, he has a drink with his friend, and talks shit on the porch. That's what he likes to do. Um, but through one of his many monologues, we basically find out he, um, his past is that he was a failed baseball player. Um, he just got too old to play, and he was good, but he just wasn't good enough for the majors. And also considering the color barrier um, and systemic racism, there was no way he was going to make it into the league for that time. His son is in high school and wanting to play football, um, wants to go off to college. And as his father, he discourages him. He tells him he's not he's not equipped to do it, that he's basically too black and you need to get a job. You need to focus on working. Um, and that's something I don't – I could never understand, like, for the time period, like, why you wouldn't want your kid to do better than you, um, why you would never encourage your kid to dream big. Um, I guess life beats you up in, in such a bad way that you just feel like, all right, well, I don't want them to get disappointed. 
uh, I don't know. If I may, real quick, one of my favorite yeah. metal groups is Corn, uh, and uh, he had a the lead singer didn't have the greatest childhood, and he wrote a song kind of about uh, his son, and in a way being jealous of his son because now his son was going to have the childhood that he always wanted. You know, so he loves his son and he wants his son to have a great life. But in the back right. of his mind, he was like, damn, I wish I could have had the childhood that he's having, you know, so it, it, yeah. it may just be, I haven't seen fences yet. I need to get out more, but it may just be jealousy. Like he's just jealous that his son may get to achieve his dreams that he didn't achieve as a baseball player. It could be very one of it could very well be one of the two, and his son actually says that to him during you know one of the arguments, one of the scenes that they have together. He mm-hmm. tells him like, "Oh, you're just afraid that I'm going to be better than you." He basically he told him that straight up, and so I do think that I can see why the son would see it that way. But um, yeah, this um, his character was tragically flawed. Like <laughs> it was like at first it was like, okay, what kind of guy is he? You know, what kind of man is he? Definitely was the kind of man that loved his wife, um, you know, wanted to do right by his family. He had a he had a son that was older as well, but he didn't live at home, obviously. And the son, this was the kind of son that would come by on payday and say, "Oh, daddy, give me like, give me twenty dollars, give me ten dollars, whatever." Um, and he was like, "No, nah, you can't have no money, nigga. Like, this is my money. You need to go work for your own." And the son basically won't shit, but he was more concerned with wanting to live like a kind of free spirit lifestyle. So he liked to play his music and that's all he wanted to do. Whether or not the music paid, you know, paid him enough, he didn't care. He just wanted to be a musician and be kind of, you know, carefree in that regard. And he wanted, he wanted his father to be proud of him, but he didn't understand his father's MO. His father's MO was more like, well, I'm going to be proud of you whenever you, whenever you make some money, whenever you take care of your woman, your family, you know, that's some shit I'll be proud of. And he was just like a very old school blue collar guy in that respect. So I do hate to tell you, but there are going to be some spoiler alerts because it ties into a discussion I want to open up into. So, um, Hold on, hold on, let me, turn my, let me turn my earphone off. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you've seen it, so I don't know. No, I ain't seen it why. yet. I ain't seen it yet. I'm going to see it sometime this weekend. You saw it with me. What are you talking about? Fences? We did not see Fences. You sat right next to me. Oh, no, wait, my not bad, my bad. Fences. That was the other one. That was the other one. That was the other one. My bad, my bad. Okay, I'll leave you alone. All right. So yeah, there's gonna be some spoiler alert. So, uh, so in, so towards the end, we basically find out that, and and that's one of the things that he kind of talks about with his friends. They kind of like hints around it that he's been flirting with this woman down at the station because Denzel's character and I forget his name, his actual name in the movie. I think it was Troy, but I'm not 100 percent sure. In any case, he um. He's kind of hitting around with the fact that he's been flirting with this woman down at the at the, at the garbage dump or whatever. Uh, I don't know if she's like a secretary and works in the office, but he's been flirting around with her. And um, and his friend's trying to tell him, like, hey, man, like, you need to be, you need, you need to kind of watch that because what would your wife think? And I love the both of you, and I don't want to see your marriage fall apart. That's what his friend is telling him. 
Well, lo and behold, he doesn't listen. He gets a side chick pregnant. And she has the baby. But she dies in childbirth. So it's kind of like I could see Rose, who is Viola Davis' character, I could see her being very thankful for this because she probably feels like, oh, shit, I ain't going to have to deal with the baby mama drama because uh, essentially he told her in so many words, I'm not going to stop dealing with her. I don't want to let her go. She's there for me in a way that you're not, and I'm going to still be with her even after the baby comes. But the woman died in childbirth. I think her name was Althea or something like that. But she dies. Um, she dies in childbirth, and their face was this decision. She didn't have any family or anybody to take care of this baby. So he brings the baby home. His wife says, "The baby's innocent. We got to take care of her. I'm her family." And she agrees. Rose agrees to take this baby in. She told him, you know, you got a child. This baby has a mother now, but you don't have a woman. Like, I am not your woman anymore. We basically roommates in this shit because, you know, I was here for you. I loved you. And this is how you did me. So we're not together anymore. <laughs> and I just, I just want to know what anyone would do kind of face in that, like, faced with that kind of decision. I certainly couldn't do it. I know that's petty as hell, but I certainly couldn't do it. I would You couldn't raise another you can't I mean, raise your son your husband's child? No, I cannot raise my husband's side chick baby. That's just not considering you're from Ghana, your people are from Ghana, I find that very difficult. What's that got to do with anything? My people right. are also from the Bronx. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. My people my are people, also from the my Bronx. People are, I, my my people are very similar to your people and we're Family is more than bloodlines, you know what I'm saying? So, this, the, 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 no, the, the oneness of our the... skin, the blending of our skin makes us family, you know what I'm saying? The connectedness of the air we breathe makes us family. It does, but I didn't go looking to adopt a baby. Certainly okay. one that, you know, you know, stem from. I mean, I could see. If that's the case, then I would just adopt the baby because we're all on this planet together and then I'm going to voluntarily take in a child. She goes to do it, though, and more power to her. But, yeah, I don't see myself being being able to make that, to come to that same decision. And uh, we see, you know, she takes in the baby. They're raising the baby. Meanwhile, of course, the, the son now really, really, the son that lives at home really, really, really resents his father. He sees how he's treated the mother. Um, he always knew that his relationship with him was strained, but, um, you know, he just figured that was just kind of father-son shit. Like, he was like, right. all right, it's strained, but now I really don't respect you. Like, you really hurt my mother. Um, and then it got to the point where the father was drinking one day and the son came home. And he wasn't speaking to him, so he just tried to move him out the way. And it blew up into this big argument, and the kid just eventually left home and said, fuck it, I'm not. His father was like, get the hell out of here. Like, get out of here. Like, he basically kicked him out and put him on his own. kid actually uh, ends up joining the military, and then he comes home for his father's funeral. And that's that's where it ends. He comes home for the father's funeral. The baby's older, of course, at this point. She's like maybe 
seven or eight years old, and she bonds with her brothers, and everybody's gathered. And the one thing I thought was really interesting about the end of that movie was this ain't a damn review. This when is they a gathered, damn movie. Shit. It is a movie. <laughs> and this is my review, my two cents of now it. Now I ain't got to even watch this so, shit. I done seen the whole shit in my mind. Thank you for being so elaborate. You're welcome. To that. <laughs> you're welcome. I, 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 so, will, um, I will say, in Odie's defense, it's really hard to give a spoiler-free review. It is. Bro, you get way too many details. Oh, my fucking goodness. So, but I do have a review, as I was saying. Afternoon, yo. Shit. <laughs> now what the fuck you are you going to watch? What else you had how long to see this movie, though? Oh, wait, wait. You had this movie just came out? What are you talking about? It came out last month. What are you talking about? The 16th or 17th or something it. like that? I had, That was like two weeks ago. Okay, but you had two weeks to see it. You should have put it on a timer then before you spoil the whole movie for him. Anywho. Thank you, right? (laughs) No, I'm not so sorry that. One bit. So, but the one thing about the end of this movie I really like, though. One thing I really like, and this is this is my last the last thing the last thing I'm going to say about this movie. The very end, I thought the scene was interesting, where they all kind of sat around. They they sat around the table and remember shit the way it wasn't, and that just speaks volumes about what happens when people die. No matter how horrible of a person they were in real life, when you die, people will remember the way that you were not. And that was my takeaway. I was like, wow, like they totally have it kind of twisted. The only person who remembered shit the way that it was was the son. Because he couldn't get the college. Instead, he went into the military. He still yeah he went into the military. But he could have been a football player. Yeah, he could have been a football player. His life could have been completely different. So, you know, he struggled, of course, with even wanting to attend. He said he came, you know, out of respect for his mother and all that. But he struggled with the decision to actually even bother to go to the actual service. And and I was just like, that's how people do. Like, they just remember you on a different plane when you were alive. And they remember all the good, but none of your shitty, flawed, Characteristic, so you know, I I, I will say one thing. My mom died uh, a couple years ago, and uh, with her, like she had her flaws, but it wasn't anything like Denzel Washington's flaws in in that movie. (laughs) So basically, like when we were at the funeral, like I told the story about her. You know, my mom, my mom's a funny story. Was a funny person. I get my sense of humor from her, but um, it was all pretty much true. But the thing is, at least in her case. Anything that was bad was just kept. They didn't change. They didn't do oh, yeah, yeah, history yeah. on her. They just kept it to themselves, and that's right, fine. Of course. But they didn't try and rewrite history and say that she was something that she wasn't. Because when she was good, she was great. You know, and of people course. remembered that. And but when she I, was bad, she was really bad. Bad, <laughs> she was bad. Uh, she wasn't that bad. But um, yeah, no. But that sort of stuff just kind of stayed underneath so but it was kind of yeah it's i kind of weird the funeral to be like a whole roast session where you just talk about what a shitty person that person was while they were yeah. alive you know i don't expect it to be that way but if the majority of your character um was was flawed and you kind of no no he was a provider he was kind he wasn't kind of his son he wasn't, i guess he was 
Shit, you right. I'm tripping. He wasn't really kind at all, was he? <laughs> yeah, no. You know, there, there was a movie that came out. The play with, uh, as well, so you could have re- you could have read the play or seen the play. And, put a like in the play. Longer. The play. That's that was way back I know to the movie. I know uh, because uh, of the play. I'm not going to spoil another movie, Odie. No, I'm kidding. There was a movie that came out with Robin Williams called – I'm sorry, Odie. I, 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 that came out a few years ago called The Final Cut, and it took place kind of in the future. And what happens is there's a chip that they insert in your brain. Oh, I've seen it. It, yeah, it, yeah, it records yeah. your entire life. So Robin mm-hmm. Williams' character, what, he, what his job was was after you die – they take the chip and they take your entire life and he for your funeral they give you the good parts and they cut out the bad parts so all the parts where you cheated on your wife and did drugs and hit that homeless guy with your car they cut all that out and then just present all the good parts you know interesting i've never seen that movie by the way but it's kind of weird that people will do that whole revisionist thing but there's always going to be that one person you know and that person might be me <laughs> that person would de- for some people that i know that would definitely be me like i there's some people who i don't like and if i go to their funeral and they're like oh i remember when such and such did this i'm like and i'd be the one who stood who's saying like no he didn't he didn't do any of that he, he was a cheap son of a bitch is what he was but at least uh, i'm guessing the movie he just kind of held it together and just didn't co-sign with all the revisionist history he just kind of just, right. yeah, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> All right. Before we transition into the next segment, let's break it up with a poetic highlight. <laughs> I love myself. I love myself. And reminiscence of today's winter holiday, <laughs> Winter Orgasms 3 by F. Christopher Blue. Winter Orgasms, winter part, orgasms. Three. Winter part 3. Part 3. Her inhibitions dropped like the temperature. Whipped cream looked like snow upon her chocolate heels. Just four thrills. I turned the heat down to 60. Nine hours later, tap her shoulder, feeling frisky. In case she had a man in her life, no hickey. Just strictly put that man in her right so quickly. Froze time so a minute felt like 60. Stamina of six knees. Collector of Vicky's Secret lover mixtape She had an itch Scratch that War wounds of love Carpet burns and a scratched back I dine where most snack at Punch instead of tap cats Legs over my shoulders Similar to a backpack Love when she next to me When she gone I miss her Miss her toe everywhere Just so I can kiss her Strokes like Picasso Love makings like a picture Body old portraits Moaning leads to voices Voices lead to soft yells Yells into other things And they lead to good nights Adjust the heat Sweet dreams Alright, alright, alright Before you go on to your next segment, Odie There's one thing I want to say about Christians Now, I don't know if y'all heard about the Kimberell thing About when she did this rant about homophobia and how perverted it was, blase, blase. But yep. aren't Christians yep. one of yep. the most interesting religions? It's like I thought their doctrine had something to do with forgiveness. She done got kicked off the Ellen. No, not the Ellen show don't count. Okay, she did get kicked off the Ellen show, but that didn't count. Okay, but it was like this. Why did that count, to go though? To. No, because Ellen's not. 
it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the basis of Christianity. The reason why Ellen kicked her off. Ellen's gay. That's her show. Why would she stand for that? That's a, that's a whole different story. But there's a Trailblazer Agato Music Awards that was supposed to take place. Should I want to say this weekend, but I can't remember. With um, she was supposed to be honored with Marvin Sapp. She has been disinvited. Let me say that again. I don't know if, it's in, if y'all understand. A Trailblazer no, Agato Music Awards. Kim Burrell, a recognized singer in gospel music, an award-winning singer in gospel music, yes. has been disinvited because of a homophobic rant. Now, I don't know oh. what Bible they read. I know the Bible that I read. And homosexuality is not permitted anywhere in, this book, in, this, in those pages. Except when it's good for business. I'm sure Kim Burrell has had a gay stylist a gay hairdresser, a gay... I'm sure she's worked with a shitload of gay gospel directors, choir directors, a shitload. She wasn't well, condemning the men. My whole point men. is saying, regardless if she did or she didn't, my whole point is, one, freedom of speech. Two, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to... And we are free to disinvite you from this from this situation. But that but kind of but, but but goes against... Because that's uh, not Christian. Did you hear the apology? Did you hear the apology? The that Facebook wasn't an apology, apology at all. That no, that wasn't an apology. Did you hear it? No, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear well, her. Rant, she basically to proceeded to say <laughs> she doubled down. She doubled down and said that she hates the she hates the sin, not the sinners. Yeah, that's what the law did. You know what? I, I I will say, I, I will say a couple of things real quick. Uh, Bill Hicks had a joke. He told a, he told a, a religious joke in the Bible Belt, and uh, he said he, some good old boys met him after the show, and they were just like, "Hey, we're Christians, and we don't like what you said." He was like, "You know what? Then just forgive me," because that's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I love it. They're, they're supposed they're supposed to forgive. Now, here's my thing with freedom of speech. Freedom of speech basically just means that. If you want to speak out against the government, you can speak out against the government. That's fine without consequence. I don't know how that's going to work in the Donald Trump era, but I know pre-Donald Trump, that's how it's supposed to work. But there are consequences for what you say. So if I went on a racist rant, right, I can get fired from my job because my job has a, uh, you know, there's, I, I guess, like a decency clause, I guess you can say, you know, because mm-hmm. I represent my company whether I work for them or not. Now, as far as what happens with her being out of this gospel thing, that's a different matter altogether because if it's religious, they're supposed to forgive, you know? Thank you. And now, that's exactly what now, I'm saying. Now, if they wanted to sanction her, I, oh, I don't even know the word for it, but if they want to speak out against her, that's fine because that's dissenting uh, opinions, but for them to disinvite her, I, I would have to agree with that part. That's very uh, unchristian. If they go by the by their guidebook, but the thing is, you are free to say what you want to say and express your opinions. But you have to, but she has to realize that, yeah, sometimes those opinions are gonna, you know, it's not like people could you could just say what you want without consequence. That's why we have libel laws. That's why we have, uh, you know, slander laws. Because you can't just say anything. Now, if you want to say that you uh, hate gays and stuff like that, like that's you just know off the top of the head that's going to be controversial, especially if you're a gospel artist. But 
on its face, if they're supposed to be Christians, I think they should have just forgiven her. But that, but then again, I'm not a Christian, so I don't know. You guys are probably no better than me. It's, you can forgive somebody, but you still might not want shit to do with them because it's still bad for business. If Donald Trump came out his table last week, if Donald Trump, wait, 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 if Donald, if Donald Trump came out his, I'm, I, I'm a, a Christian answering this question. I do believe in God. I am, I identify myself as a Christian. If Donald do. Trump came out his racist ass face and said, yeah, "I am so sorry to all the black people, all the Mexicans, all the Islamic people I have offended and spewed my hate at for the past year and a half." I'm sorry. I'll forgive him. Do that mean I'm going to his inauguration or going to support anything that he does? No. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, no. You see, like, you, it doesn't matter. Like, I still don't have to be associated with you. I'm still a Christian. I've forgiven you. But do that mean I want anything uh, to do with you? Absolutely I agree not. disagree. I feel Christians should do Christian things. And with that, we are going so to now I've got a smile on your face, even though I don't want to be bothered with you. I have to do business with you, even though I don't want to lose business for myself. Is that I still love you and not want to be bothered with you. Is that considered forgiving? No, not at all. Okay, then. Then you're not a then it's not Christian, is it? That's all I have to say no, about it. No, I don't think. No, no, no. I said forgiving. No, I think maybe I misunderstood the way you were asking the question. I understood the question to be, is my way forgiving? Or is forgiving someone just oh doing business with them? No. <laughs> Like, does it have to be backed up with any action? No. Yeah. And, and, and when you have, we talk you about. You understand the concept of true Christianity, and that is the flaw of American Christianity. Go to any other, go to, um, shit, go to Saudi Arabia. Go to <coughs> West Europe. Go to Jerusalem. I need, I need the, concrete the doctrine example. Of true Christianity. Give me an example. Huh? Give me a, give me a concrete you, example. You, that your doctrine does not align itself with true Christianity. What's but concrete that's America. America skews and flaws well, everything. And since we were enslaved by the white man who spurred his word on us, when it's all said and done, are we even supposed to be Christians since it's not even our original, it wasn't our religion from where we come from. But that's a whole other story. <sighs> it is a whole other story. Yeah, because there are it a lot of countries who are, especially like the Scandinavian countries that were not Christians, even though right now they're mostly Christian. That's because they were converted centuries ago. They were forcibly right. converted. It wasn't like, hey, have you heard the word of Jesus today? No, they were put to the sword. Convert. So, right, like right, you said, right. that, that, that's another story for another day. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the break, and then we'll talk about the movie Hidden Figures. Which another one I didn't see. Fuck. And there will not be any spoilers on that one. <laughs> I want to. I want to taste you up and lick you down. I want to lock you in a room with candles all around. Body massaged by the hot tub. Shadows of a kiss outlined by candlelight. I want to wrap you in my arms and let my love for you take flight. I want my hands and my kisses to stalk the back of your spine. I want to lock eyes with you while our bodies intertwine. I want the moonlight to shine through a window and coat our naked skin. I want to physically express my feelings that I held for you deep within. I want to make love to you and let one tear form in one eye. Let the joy and happiness overwhelm us, compelling us to cry. 
I want this dream of having you for a night to come true. And this is the best way I can express my feelings. And I wonder if you want to. Now, Hidden Figures with Odie, with no spoilers this time. (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers, actually. Even though, even though these are real people that you can read up on, so hopefully you've done a little research into who these women are, and you're not just blindly going into the movie to see what it's actually about. Um, But um, basically a drama based on uh, the women black women at NASA. Uh, and it focuses on three NASA characters. Like NASA like Bahamas. <laughs> no, I heard you know that what I meant. I like, NASA. I, I, I heard that. NASA, like, smartass. <laughs> NASA, smartass. N-A-S-A. <laughs> the space people. Um, but the time, okay, so there's three characters. There's Catherine, Mary, and... Octavia Spencer's character, I cannot remember her name. Um, but uh, the Mary character is played by Janelle Monet. She did a great job in this movie. I didn't know what to expect from her just because I've, you know, I've only seen her perform as a musician, but she did a really good job. Um, and I, I'm sure she'll be in more movies. So for her to get this role is, is really a, a good look and a level up for her in 2017. And then uh, Taraji's character was the main character who we kind of focused on. Um, and her name was Katherine Johnson. And she basically um, was like a savant. So she she knew math. She knew formulas. She could do those dishes by hand. She didn't need a calculator. She just wore out the chalk doing all these crazy-ass formulas. And the time of period that it focused on was the early 60s um, and throughout the 60s, basically focusing on the space race. So because it's NASA and they're – you know, I think they were headquartered in Virginia at the time, and the office that they worked out of, yeah, they were they were working in Virginia, and so there was a lot of segregation, a lot of racist shit uh, going on. So, I mean, it was just being black and being a woman, it was just a double-edged sword, and they came on, you know, faced the issues that they that were put in front of them head-on and overcame a lot of a lot of blocks that were put in their in their way, and they're great women. It was a great film. I definitely say watch it. Um, yeah, especially like dads if you have daughters, take your daughters to see this one, and so they know like what they can be. You know, it, it's funny when he talks about there's going to be hopefully like better movies in 2017. I know Fences technically came out in 2016. I probably won't see Fences not because you spoiled it, but because <laughs> Almost like that. Um, while they move me, like, it's something like, you know, it's something I've seen before in real life, not just in the movie. So it's kind of like, 
yeah, if I wanted to see something like that, I'd go visit my uncles. Like, I don't have to go to a movie and see it. But something like Hidden Figures, I would definitely want to see because I love stuff like that. Like, people coming over. Yeah, yeah, their stories are, like, being told because I'd never heard of any of these women before this movie. Um, I think most of them are still living. I know Catherine was at the screening at the White House, Um, the main character. She was at the White House screening. And... um, yeah, it was just it was just like a really I'm sure a lot of it was you know, there was a couple scenes in there where I was like, They definitely did this for the Hollywood version. I'm sure that didn't happen in real life. Um but I love um Kevin Costner was in this movie as well and he's he was her boss basically. And when I looked at Kevin Costner and when I walked away from it, I was like, Man, Kevin Costner, ever since Whitney died, he has been typecast as the white guy to play the savior to the black women. Like, he is the ally. He's the automatic ally <laughs> of the black women in this movie. And that's who he was in this one, too. So <laughs> it was just interesting to watch. But um, oh, like this, you know, I, I I see people who are always like, oh, girl, you seen Medea yet? And I'm just like, no, and I never will. Yeah. But those movies usually do poorly with the critics. Uh, Hidden Figures uh, on Rotten Tomatoes got 93%. Which is amazing, mm. and it fences oh, with, it's fences it's with 95. It's Rogue One. It's out there Rogue One as the number yeah. one movie this weekend. It's just understandable since Rogue One's been out for damn five weeks. I mean, but hey, if it, if any movie had to knock it out of that spot, this is the one. And and, okay. and I saw Rogue One twice. I saw it four times. I am so in love with Ray. Oh no, Ray wasn't in this one. You're thinking of uh, Force Awakens. Oh, I didn't care about the. I didn't care about that last one too much. It was too. I like. See, I'm really into lightsabers and using up using the Force. There was just it didn't exist hardly, and I don't like that. Yeah, I, I mean, and, I and that time, you know, the Force. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's at the time where they where they cracked down on all the Jedi and like. Obi-Wan and all of them were in hiding, so yeah, you didn't see a lot of lightsaber stuff. But I did like the fact that stuff. they showed the Baca tank. The Baca tank was real. I like that. That was a good look. You know, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Basically, the, no um, you remember in Empire Strikes Back after they found Luke, after he was out in the cold, and that tank they had him in when he was healing up? That's the, she, don't, she, don't, yeah. she don't watch that series. <laughs> oh, okay. But I, I I read some of the books and they talk about it there too. So, but um, but going back to uh, hidden figures, uh, it's definitely one I plan on seeing because, like I said, I love that type of stuff and I love the actresses in the movie. I love Octavia Spencer and of course, um, and I always butcher her name, uh, Taraji P Henson. Yeah, you know? mm, like I, I, I wouldn't. Taraji. And and that's the type of movies I like to see her in. Like watching something like uh, I almost called it Power. Um. What's what's a TV Empire. show? Empire. No, like I, oh, I, I, I'm I'm very snobbish when it comes to that sort of thing. Like I, like I would never watch that. I'd watch Blackish before I watch. Uh, Blackish is Empire. an excellent show. Blackish is an excellent show. If you haven't watched Blackish, you're really missing out because that shit is very well written and the cast is funny as hell. That show is very well done, but I digress. But yeah, Blackish and Empire, they're not even in the same realm. Yeah. I don't even watch Empire anymore. That show is terrible. But now yeah. and, and now they have like these they have there's like a new spin off with I think Queen Latifah's in it or something. I don't know if it's a spin off. It's I'm just not even it's... a spin off. It's just another Lee Daniels trashy ass show. I never even right. gave it a chance. 
I'm really disappointed. Um, we're talking about Star now. I know we kind of just jumped yes. off, but that show, Star, nah. I was like, nah, I'm good. And then Lee Daniels keeps coming out his crazy ass mouth, just talking. Like, I just wish he would shut the fuck up. Like, nobody's watching the show because it's terrible. It looks terrible. My mom actually loves Queen Latifah so much. She tried to give it a, sh- a shot. She gave it a fair shot. And she was like, no, the show is not good. <laughs> so she's not watching it. Um, but basically, Lee Daniels has come out of his face recently trying to defend why he has a white cast and just say because you felt like it, and that'll be the end of it. Nobody can tell you how you should or shouldn't feel. I mean, right. if you felt like casting some white people, then cast some white people and move the hell on. But for him to say things like, oh, well, uh, this country is becoming so hateful that I figured um, basically giving these white people work would unify us in a better way. You know, we'll, 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 no we'll go ahead and that give you a shot because no it's not like they're not in anything else. <laughs> so... I'm throwing the white man a bone. It's like, it's good to see white people working again. (laughs) And that's what he said recently. So fast forward to this week, after the show's been playing, he says, oh, the country has really been hard on white people recently. What? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like some shit a gay guy would say. Lee Daniels, I'm never, never buying nothing you have to offer ever again. Believe that. I like, I'm good. You're not, not gonna watch Empire. Lee, Lee I don't watch Empire now. It's terrible. And I guess you. And I guess you. You're not gonna watch Precious too. I could only watch that movie once. I'm. Oh, they. Oh, they no, really make the second one. The second one is gonna be a part two, like when her kids grow up. No, there's not. There's no push two. Yeah, there is. is. There? There's yeah. a push two? Oh, yeah. well, I read push once. I mean, if that's the case, I'll just read push. I'm so confused. End the story. I'll read push two. <laughs> Wait, did you say push two or, or precious two? No, push. Push was the book oh, that oh, was okay. written into precious. Oh, okay. So I'll just read push two. That's fine. And I and I was good reading that. That, 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 that very cringeworthy. Give us some. Give us some spoilers. That's a disturbing ass movie, boy. Damn, that movie hurt me to my heart. I'm like, what the right, fuck? And that's I why I only watched it. I gotta gouge my brain out. <laughs> and you know what's kind of crazy too is I remember, I remember when the trailer came out for that movie, they were promoting it with Mary J. Blige's "Fine," like, uh, you know, the "Just Fine" song, or whatever, which is a very upbeat, you know, kind of dancey song. So to put it with that kind of music, like, oh, we about to watch a movie that's, you know, <laughs> that's that's gonna put you in that kind of good feeling space. No, not at all. So so, so which movie? All. Um, Precious. Oh, not at oh, all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember they were playing because I mean I I get it kind of because some scenes like she would go into these like little fantasy sequences, you know, in her mind, but. To play that, nah, they should have just stuck with the, you don't really know what it's about and just go with it. it's elusive and you have to see it to understand kind of thing. They should have went right. that route instead of playing Mary J. Blige just fine. Like, oh, she's an independent black woman, you know. <laughs> like, it just didn't go. And I was like, uh, no, nah, I read this book. That's not what that's about at all. He come out of his face and start talking like he got some damn sense. But I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. You know, and, and like I said, I'm not anti anybody. 
but just the fact that he's making this seem like, oh my god, like why people aren't catching any breaks? <laughs> That's just like yeah. okay. He really said that. You know. And and in a in a small sense, I understand, especially with Trump as president. And I know there are people who I know, not just know, people who I love and respect, who voted for Trump. You know, and I know they put up with uh, with a lot with me on Facebook because I I give them no quarter as far as uh, how they voted. But at the same time, it's like I'm not like I tell them I'm not I'm not gonna turn my back on you. You know, you're still my you're still my people. But I just don't like who you voted for. But they, they don't make it seem like all of a sudden like white people are taking cutbacks because they're not. Right. Especially in they're the entertainment industry. They're not out here industry. feeling bad about themselves. Believe that. No. Especially in the entertainment industry. That's one place where they still rule with an iron fist. So when he comes out and starts talking that horse shit, I'm just like, yeah, okay. What America do you live in? Because we must live in two different Americas. So. That's how you know you got too much money. Your circle <laughs> is made in a way that you don't see shit from the regular people perspective anymore. Like when you start saying dumb shit like that. Just stick to the arts, man. Just stick to the arts. Stick to what you know. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. Don't worry, my clapback game actually wasn't nearly as strong as just bringing it home to hit it figures one more one more time because like I said, the performances in that movie were outstanding. Like, um, the big bang theory guy was in there, Jim Parsons. He was really good. He was really good to I don't want to spoil it, so I just felt very strongly about his character and about his performance. Um, it was starkly different from, yeah, and Hidden Figures. It was really different from, um, it was really different from his Big Bang, you know, his Big Bang Theory performance. So, well, he's really, you should have seen him in the movie Hello. I mean, he really, really turned that movie out. Mm-hmm. Home, I mean, Home with, with Rihanna. With Rihanna? I definitely didn't see that. Man, that movie is a classic. I watch it almost every single day. And I don't even like watching movies back to back like that. Hello with Rihanna, like Robin. Not hello, I said home. Oh, home? What? Okay, home, but we're still talking about Rihanna, like Robin Fenty. Rihanna Rihanna, is the lead, and he's the supporting actress. Actor. Well, actress, because he's gay. She's the lead? Yeah. I'd never heard I of a movie where Rihanna was the lead. I may have to IMDb that. Well, maybe I no, I only like know. A, you know what I'm saying? Barbados in the house. I mean, I like Rihanna too, but I only knew her to be in that movie. Um, it was like a, it was like a. You got Netflix, um, yo? Do you have Netflix? Put home in that bitch. You know what? It's funny. I'm I'm so full of shit because I'm just like, I never heard of a movie where Rihanna was the lead. I don't follow Rihanna. I don't even listen to her music. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I do, but, but I do, and I've still never heard of it. I was a little thrown. I was like, what? What? Really? <laughs> I don't even listen to her records, so how would I know what movie? But I'm saying, I do, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, but you're still a movie buff. you still a movie buff, so whether you were looking for her or not, you might have still come across that. I never even right. came across that. Shoot. I just found out Steven Seagal makes seven movies a year that nobody watches, so... You know, yeah, cause they I may be a movie buff, but they go you know, the TV. they don't even go to DVD. Y'all ain't gonna do Steven. Don't do Steven. He getting coins. Man, he looks so stuff doing. He looks so stiff doing karate right these days, boy. <laughs> don't even look. <laughs> Steven, 
Seagal looks like 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 if your couch could fight Kung Fu, that would be Steven Seagal. He probably still could whoop my ass, but still, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even Jackie Chan still looks great for his age. Jackie Chan's like 60 years old. He still looks fantastic for his age, but Steven Seagal just looks like, yeah. Mm. Well, he had all that work done. He out yeah. here looking crazy. Even Chuck Norris still looks decent, and he, Chuck Norris is like almost 80, 100? I think. I was gonna say he must be close to eighty. Yeah, he was doing movies with Bruce Lee, so yeah, he's he's up there and he still looks like he can still do a movie or two, but Steve Zagal just looks like I guess he just figures as long as they keep giving me scripts, I'll just keep doing them. He working. He he's been in more yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm like than that Steven Seagal guy, gee whiz. <laughs> I used to like Steven Seagal for for a hot minute, and then after a while, I was just like, "No, not Steven Seagal. I meant to say Van Damme. Van Damme. I see Van Damme in a couple of things here and there, but you know, the cocaine fucked his ass up. When he did that movie uh, with with Dennis Rodman, that director has vowed never to work with Van Damme again. And Van Damme was in an uh, interview saying that uh, the entire time he did that movie, he was on coke the entire time. Hmm. So, and it was still a decent movie. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, man, that that coke is a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> and on that note, is that the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess that that sounds up this show. Welcome to tune in next Saturday at ten o'clock, same place, same time. Yo, dime. Hey, West Coast Compton for life. Yeah. I am in love. I am infatuated with the simplicity of us. Like roses that bloom in concrete, flourish like harvest in winter. She nurtures me, even when it seems impossible. I am in love. I am head over heels assured in the idea of us. Like fasting on Fat Tuesdays and eating sun-dried apple seeds for protein. She fulfills my appetite, so I no longer hunger. I am in love. I am smitten with Midas gold-plated kisses. I envision our future, like eclipsed full moons at daybreak and nights illuminated by sun rays. She embodies beauty, naturally takes my breath away. I am in love. I am utterly and totally captivated by her touch. Like 50 degree summers and fallen spring leaves, her silent gestures speaks volumes to me. And I, I am in love. I am infatuated with the simplicity of us. I imagine constellations created in the image of us. The sun beams her name upon my soul garden, so flowers bloom in our afterglow. For we We are in love. We are love's thoughts and expressions, love's dreams and lessons. We are love's unforgettables and forgotten. We are love unstoppable. We are ordinary and out of the ordinary, quietly and effortlessly. We sing love's melody in perfect, rhythmic, heart beats. And we, we are in love.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.